On Shabbos we read where the Torah describes the meeting between Yaakov and Esav. Vayir Yaakov Ma'oid, Yaakov was very afraid. He was frightened that he and his family might be annihilated, Chaz B'Shalom. So he prepared his wives and children for their encounter with Esav. The Torah says he lined up his wives and maid servants and his children. But we find an anomaly in the alignment of how Yaakov placed them in front of Esav. When Esav came, we find that Yaakov placed his shvachis first and then their children behind them, then Leah and Leah's children behind her. However, when it came to Rachel, it was Yosef first and only then his mother Rachel. So why by Leah and the shvachis, the mother was in the front of the children and by Rachel, the child Yosef was placed before his mother? So Rashi explains, Yosef rationalized, Imi My mother is a pretty woman. Perhaps Esav Arasha will take a liking to her. I'll stand in front of her, and I'll block his view and prevent him from looking at her. So how old was Yosef when this occurred? According to the Seder Hadaris, Yosef was six years old. So even if he was smart enough to figure out the potential danger to his mother, but he was definitely not tall enough to block Esav's view. And for how long was Yosef going to be able to obstruct his view? Maybe a couple of minutes? Eventually, Esav would ask him to move aside and he would still wind up looking at Rachel. So why did Yosef stand in front of her? What was Yosef trying to accomplish with his efforts? We find a similar anomaly in the beginning of Parshas Ve'yetze. Yaakov is on the road. He's on the run from his brother Esav and suddenly it turns dark. The Torah says, Vayishka b'mokamahu. Yaakov is preparing to retire for the night. He takes some stones, Vayosef marish Yosef, and he places them around his head. Rashi explains, He put them around his head to protect himself from wild animals during the night. And this seems very difficult. Would these stones really protect Yaakov from wild animals? Was he safe because of some stones around his head? What about the rest of his body? And wouldn't the animals be able to climb or jump over the rocks? So the Talna Rebbe says something very powerful. And this idea is extremely relevant to our daily lives. Yaakov found himself in an extremely difficult situation. He was on the run. Esav wanted to kill him. He was far away from home. It got dark and he needed a place to sleep. He was in great danger. There were wild animals that could have harmed him. So he placed stones around his head to protect himself. He did the best he could. He did his ishtadlas. And the rest he left up to Hashem. And once Hashem saw that Yaakov did his ishtadlas, he put forth some effort Hashem appeared to him and he told him, I'll do the rest. I'll protect you throughout the rest of your journey. Yosef HaTzadik also understood the Midah of Ishtadlis. He said, I'll stand in front of my mother and I'll prevent Esau from gazing at her. Granted, it may only be for a minute or two. I may only black her partially, but I'm doing my Ishtadlis. Even if it's only for a few minutes, I'll make the effort. Results are up to Hashem. Our Avais are teaching us about the Midah of Ishtadlis. After the sin of the Eitzadas, Hashem decreed that man must exert physical effort to earn a living. However, we must realize, in reality, with all our toiling and all our exertion, we don't really achieve anything. All of our actions are only necessary to fulfill the curse that was decreed on mankind. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat bread. Two intelligent people can be in the same business, expending the same amount of energy. 
and one is successful and the other is struggling. How is that possible? Very simple. Because all of our work and earning our living is a result of this Gzeris Ishtadlis. We must expend effort for Panasa. But at the same time, we must realize that all of that effort does not really achieve anything because results are up to Hashem. And this applies to all aspects of life. Parents can be working hard trying to imbue their children with Torah values. And sometimes, unfortunately, they're not successful. You must know that you are not a failure. This is not a reflection of you as a person. It does not mean that you are a terrible parent. Hashem has given you one of His special children, a neshama who was put down here to struggle. It's your job to help them and guide them to the best of your abilities. But ultimately, if you are metzlich and turning them around, that is up to Hashem. And I'd like to take this a step further. Let's say you were given a child who has a neshama that is a 10. And for 15-20 years, you put your heart and soul into this child. And now he's grown to where he's a 50. Your friend's child came down to this world as a 90. They hardly ever have to put any effort into their child. In this world, they are the ones getting all the praise and the accolades. People say, they must be exceptional parents. Look how brilliant, look how diligent their children are. Their children are the valedictorians. They are the ones being accepted in all the elite yeshivas and seminaries. But who is valued in the eyes of Hashem? Who is being lauded and praised in Shemayim? The one putting in all the effort. Because in Shemayim, there's no reward for results. Because that's given to you from heaven. Rewards are given for Ishtadlis. If your friend was handed a 90 child and they remained a 90, there's hardly any reward for that. However, you raised the neshama of your child from a 10 to a 50. We can't even imagine how valuable, how precious that is in the eyes of Hashem. And now, we know. Have a wonderful day.